And welcome to yet another bonus episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I think we're going to set a record for bonus episodes this year at a million. Uh, I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter, of course, at Bob McDonald. And filling in for Matt is John Parker. Hey, Bob. How's it going? Well, apparently better than Link Darner, but we'll get that in a minute. You can find John Parker on Twitter at JJParker084. You can obviously find... You know he'll he'll write he you know he he's our prior, he he writes a whole bunch of stuff at horizonroundtable.com, which incidentally is where you can find all of our episodes, regular and otherwise, up to and including uh, this bonus episode will be there and uh, our most recent episode with uh, our with Youngstown State head coach Jared Calhoun. If you haven't listened to that already, you definitely want to you definitely want to catch that. Um, you definitely want to get caught up because we got another coach coming up this week. In or or getting ready for the long weekend that may or may not happen for a lot of people because your long weekend will probably involve being at home. Sorry for that, but um, we're we're going to be talking to um, Cleveland State head coach Dennis Gates. So I know I'm happy about that, and I know I'm excited about that. So. Um, Big week for big week for Horizon League coaches, um, current and former, as it were. <laughs> so, sure. so if you haven't figured it out already, <laughs> Green Bay's Link Darter is no longer their head coach. So evidently, Jeff Goodman, as Jeff Goodman does, evidently. He finds a lot of sources and nooks and crannies everywhere, it would appear. And on Sunday, literally, and by the way, literally an hour after we released our uh, last episode with Jared Calhoun, he tweeted out that that Green Bay and Link Darner had parted ways. And so that was the end of it, allegedly. Well, I mean, at the end of it, even though literally nobody was saying anything to anybody, which is interesting so the official announcement did now to be fair the initial announcement did finally come down so they are now all you know it's now officially official link darner is no longer the head coach at green bay so i guess what we need to start at uh first of all let's start answering some questions because there was about a 12-hour window where nobody knew anything. Players, fans, nobody. That was nice. That was a nice way to spend my Sunday evening. <laughs> right. So, I mean, so so the great part of what the great part is always when that when there's that time gap between breaking news and an official announcement literally anywhere, there's always 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 just a bunch of speculation that goes on and 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 on. And Green Bay was no different. In fact, it took some interesting twists and turns, one of which included in you know the you know the the start of them dropping divisions, which was completely debunked. That one was interesting. I think yeah, that would have that would have had long-reaching ramifications. But at the same time, if you think about it for a second, you if you're going to get rid of the head coach who is a Division One head coach, you're also going to look at literally every other Division One coach that happens to be at that school. 
Because yeah. you don't think anybody, any of them are actually going to, you know, if he's leaving, I'm sure all the rest of them are going to go too. Just kind of throwing that out there. So, it, it in the end, as it were, turns out it was just a mutual parting of the ways. And it make and this kind of, and I, I guess the other question would be, well, why did it take so long? Why are we doing this in the middle of May? Why is this so, yeah, which is actually pretty hilarious. I should point out the fact that, may I remind all of you that that the Horizon League has seen firings happen way later in the offseason. Unless you guys were asleep in 2019. <laughs> so, no, this is, it's the middle of May. Um, this actually coincides with the new chancellor at Green Bay. Uh, Michael Alexander, he didn't start his job until May 1st because um, he replaced the old chancellor who is currently cleaning up a financial mess at the University of Akron. Good luck with that, sir. Um, but yeah, so and obviously Charles Guthrie, who is the athletic director as well. Neither of these two guys, neither of these two guys are the ones who hired Link Darner. So I guess it stands to reason they want their own guy, and they had to wait until they had to wait until you know Michael Alexander officially became chancellor for them to get started in the full removal process. I guess. Yeah, that's my understanding as well, and I don't know it. It clears up that portion of things, but it's still just a bizarre situation. Under normal circumstances, Link Darner getting fired for the season he just had would be surprising, but not, you know, what just happened, shocking. Um, So, like, last year there were 11 power conference schools that changed jobs. This year it's the Great Forest. This year it was completely uncharted territory because of COVID-19. As a result, I would say that escalates it to something like Scott Cross getting fired a year after going 26-9 uh, for performance-based. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you consider that most schools are standing pat, yeah, that's kind of... UI, PUI. Well, no, it's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you look at the, yeah, if you look at the coaching carousel, it wasn't very robust this year. I mean, yes, of course, you know, naturally the Horizon League had to participate with uh, with the firing of of Steve McClain and the hiring of Luke Aklich. Incidentally, shameless plug. Definitely, you know, we, we talked to him, too. So definitely go on Horizon, HorizonRoundtable.com and take a look at that because, you know, we're, we're all about that now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, from a from a personal standpoint, from the time the timing of it, I mean, yeah, it's weird, but again, at the same time, the chancellor just got there two weeks ago, so I mean, it doesn't, it's not as crazy as it necessarily thinks. Here's the part that this is the part I loved about this whole thing because they obviously they sent the obviously Green Bay sent a uh, a press release. This is this is actually they actually, and this is why I didn't think there was anything too terribly insidious going on because they actually got a quote from Link Darner. Yeah. Here's the quote, by the way. 
I would like to thank former Chancellor Gary Miller and former Athletic Director Mary Ellen Gillespie for giving me the opportunity to coach at Green Bay. I would like to thank my staff, recruits, and all current and former players who helped us make the NCAA tournament, taking Green Bay the furthest ever in the postseason to the CIT Finals, and having the most up-tempo offense in the country. More importantly, most importantly, I'm proud to have graduated my players at an extremely high rate, including two perfect APR scores, which was never done before at Green Bay. I cannot wait to advance my career as a head basketball coach and am looking forward to new opportunities. You want to know what's not in this statement? <laughs> anything about anything about his staff? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so 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 we're clear. We're not sure of what's going on with Link Darner's assistants. Theoretically, they're you know they're technically still employed with the with the university. So, okay. The also still theoretically true is everybody is still a player at Green Bay. <laughs> Tank Hemphill is still uh, still playing with Green Bay. Amari Davis is still uh, playing with Green Bay. But as we know, these are always subject to change, aren't they, John? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I would expect, just kind of based on some of the reactions, I, I mean, for a lot of reasons, I'd expect kind of quite a bit of change here. Yeah. One of the things that kept on being mentioned as far as why the move was made was fit and, you know, like a cultural fit with the program. Um, that kind of leads me to believe that the next guy – might be a little bit more of like a, I guess, what jumps to, right to mind with me when you say that is someone who's got more ties locally, more ties. Um, my guess would probably be someone with potentially ties to the Dick Bennett or Bo Ryan coaching trees, though I have to say going from either from Link Darner to Pack line Bennett ball, or you know, uh, what Jeff or uh, Greg Gard is running, uh, that's going to be culture shock. And I don't think a bunch of guys who were recruited to try and score 100 are necessarily going to be on board with that. That's yeah, and well, yeah, obviously. So that and that's going to be man, that I mean. When you look at that and you think about that, then then it becomes a matter of you know how long are they going to wait around? What what I, I guess the question we need to start we got to want to also start ask is what's their timeline? I you know realistically they you know, you know theoretically they have all the time in the world. But who wants to do that? Um, IUPUI. I, mean, I, I other than IUPUI. Um. But what we're looking at is what I think is what's what I think is going to happen if they want their guy uh, what if they want their own guy in there if Charles Guthrie wants his own guy in there he will it will take a couple it will probably take two or three weeks to get everything if if I'm looking at say for example the Cleveland State time frame from last season 
Yeah, was it unusual that, you know, was the timing unusual? Obviously, but it took them about two or three weeks for them from start to finish to get from here. I no longer have a coach to here. I have a coach. So I figure there's probably a two or three week timeline. I think is going to be the upper three weeks. I think is the uppermost limit. Do I think it's going to take three weeks? No, I think it's going to take closer to two, which leads us now to who exactly that guy is going to be. And John, I know you have some ideas about that, don't you? For me, if you're replacing someone who overall did pretty well Uh and has the program in a pretty good spot on the chance that you can keep most of the top talent around, um, it makes more sense to me to go with like a proven commodity. And I know back when everything was going on with, you know, who will UIC hire? We were kind of discussing that with Kyle Craven, and he mentioned uh, Northern Kentucky Northern Kentucky hiring Darren Horn, who had previous head coaching experience, versus uh, like Cleveland State hiring Dennis Gates, who didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys were in vastly different positions. Uh, there's a little bit more room for you know a Cleveland State, uh, someone who expectations were super low to kind of. Course trip over over their own feet and figure it out on the job. Whereas if you're finishing, I mean, he finished top four in the conference four Mm -hmm. out of five years. That's a whole other deal. Experience, I can tell you, it's a little bit frustrating when you go from that to uh, (laughs) a couple spots in the conference with a coach who's not really, yeah, who's learning on the job and who's not really fully developed as a head coach. Uh, the obvious one and the one that's been brought up a lot is Gary Gresh from uh, St. Olaf or St. Norbert. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you just say St. Olaf? Somebody's been watching the Golden Girls too many times. Oh, no, no. There's another school in Wisconsin. Um, anyway. Well, okay. I didn't say you. I meant me. I definitely have been watching. <laughs> that's for my okay, mind. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, Golden and... Girls, it's always on. <laughs> Believe me, I, I know and that's a whole other episode that I have absolutely no intention of ever, 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 okay. ever recording. <laughs> okay. Uh, episode, people. But yeah, in a lot of ways, he does make sense as far as like a fit, as far as, you know, culturally, he's, he was the captain of the team that beat Jason Kidd's Cal in the NCAA tournament at mm-hmm. Green Bay. He's been coaching nearby the pier for over a decade. He has, I mean, a really good record. I want to say it's like 200 and one sec, 274 and 86 in 14 seasons. Um, and I think it also, you know, with him having that track record already, despite him being a guy who played for uh, Dick Bennett, he's not someone who's going to be, you know, oh, we're going to try to score, you know, 45 points and win every night, which would just make his entire roster quit immediately. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) For me, he seems like the guy. Some of the other options, uh, Saul Phillips, currently at Northern State, uh, formerly at Northern North Dakota and Ohio, uh, North Dakota State. Jeez, I cannot speak today. Uh, his NDSU teams 
did very well that got him the job at Ohio, kind of like what happened with Scott Nagy going from South Dakota State to Wright State. That went well. <laughs> and Ohio kind of fell off at the end, but I guess yeah. my thought there, I hate to say it, but the Horizon League is more like the Summit League he coached in than the MAC when he coached there. Uh, this is true. <laughs> oh, more true than we want to admit, by the way. That hurts, and I'm going to make it hurt a little bit more. I think his Northern State team last year probably would have competed somewhere in the middle of the horizon, even with three less scholarships available. You mean North, North, Dakota, North Dakota State even? Oh, no, no. I think his the D2 school he just coached, they were— Okay, I, okay. see, this is where I'm confused because I didn't realize there was a D2 school called Northern State. Yep. That, even, that sounds like a made-up school, actually. <laughs> I mean, it legitimately does. His predecessor took over at, uh, oh man, I'm going to get it wrong, South Dakota. Okay. And he came in and he... Well, it's not like anybody from the Summit League is actually paying attention except Todd Buckingham, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> um... <laughs> he went 26-7, and seven, was ranked number 17 in the Division II poll. I think a top 25 D2 team probably finished his top half of the horizon last year. <laughs> Dark times. By the way, I'd like to point out the fact I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow the entire list for you because I know you're working on a story for Horizon Roundtable HorizonRoundtable.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am gonna blow at least one of them. Um, <laughs> that's gonna be Brad Soderberg from Virginia. <laughs> so I've heard him mention, and I think it's kind of like a there's this thought that Richie McKay going to Virginia and working for uh, Tony Bennett gave him yeah. like this kind of resurgence in his career. But if you look at it, it's really just that Liberty left the big South for the Atlantic sun. His, he was coaching his team to the CIT. They dropped down a conference. They won the conference tournament. Uh, the Lipscomb team he played against Lat in 2019 was very good. But other than that, I mean, you have one roadblock to, the NCAA tournament, it's not, in in my eyes, so much that he changed. Like, people – it's one of my frustrations. People are putting him, and I'm sure now Soderberg, into the Tony Bennett coaching tree, ignoring that Soderberg was the head coach – or the interim head coach at Wisconsin in 2001. He's yeah. been, like <laughs> – yeah, I totally miss that. I mean, this is how many. Yeah, I know. So yeah, basically, back in 01, Dick Bennett did what Bo Ryan did, uh, retired a few games into the season, mm-hmm. and Soderbergh did what Greg Gard did, took over. Didn't go as well for him, so he didn't get the job. They wound up choosing between Bo Ryan and Rick Majerus, which ended up being really interesting because. Soderbergh then went to St. Louis. Wisconsin mm-hmm. chose Bo Ryan, obviously. Yeah. Soderbergh flamed out at St. Louis. Majerus came in behind him and took over and oh, everything. So, so yeah, so maybe, maybe yeah. So <clears throat> as I'm understanding it correctly, and it sounds like um, he, he sounds like he is the textbook definition of what are we calling this again, John? A retread. <laughs> 
How about oh, yeah. I, I'm I, and and I think anybody who's followed me for as many for any amount of time knows that not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they've had a couple of shots, but eh, it didn't work out so well. So you're going to give them another shot, and I think we know how well that's going to end. Yeah, there are certain guys where it makes sense to me that would be. Uh, I could understand Saul Phillips, but yeah, no. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Saul Phillips would be, you know, at least with, yeah, I guess with Saul Phillips, I suppose that is probably a little more believable. And also, I might point out, in line, would be in actually in line with kind of the direction that Green Bay went the first time around. Because again, remember, Link Darner was a D2 championship coach. And he transitioned to the Horizon League, not unlike, which, by the way, uh, a, a move replicated later years later by Youngstown State. So it it's not a, there is precedent for for it, it, specifically within the Horizon League. So it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. I wouldn't. I would think that theoretically that would be a coach. I think Gresh probably would be your front runner. Yeah, I only think my what I'm interested in, what I'm always interested in, is trying to figure out the dynamic of the transition between Division Three and Division One, as opposed to Division Two and Division One, because obviously there's levels to this, and obviously in D three you don't have any scholarships, you're just, just kind of flying by a seat of your pants, I suppose. I don't know, but again, Gresh is a Gresh is a Green Bay guy through and through. Um. I don't ask me how to pronounce. Don't ask me how to spell his name because you know I'll mess that up a few more times. Um, but yeah, but that's that's the whole kind of. It, it seems to me that's the whole dynamic there. Um, and I think they, you know, like I said, sooner rather than later, we're gonna have somebody. Um, by the way, also I'm glad you mentioned Jermaine Kimbrough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Kevin Sweeney, who's kind of been trying to figure out the contract situation. He's at CBB Central. Yes. Uh, he mentioned Drew Valentine, and I feel like Kimbrough. Drew Valentine is going to go somewhere else if he ends up. Yeah, he's Drew Valentine is probably going to go. Um, he's probably going to find a higher mid-major team at some point because he'll end up. He, I think he's going. He's due. I think he'll end up getting some, going somewhere. Um, eventually. Just not yet. Jermaine Kimbrough, on the other hand, I think it's an intro. I'm glad you brought him up. Um, again, I think Jermaine Kimbrough is it. I, I know he's itching for a head coaching job. I know he is. <laughs> so I really, and maybe, I mean, I, I, I would be apt to say that probably, I mean, I would have said UIC was probably a better fit. IUPUI is probably a better fit. I don't know about Green Bay. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, and and not just not not because you know not because of anything other. Than, I mean, well, or I should I should actually I guess I should disclaimer that because maybe it is a good fit because remember he was also the he was also an assistant for Allen Edwards over at Wyoming before Allen Edwards got you know a, a year or two before Allen Edwards got the boot and as we know you know Wyoming's in the middle of freaking nowhere so. <laughs> I don't know. This is a little bit more manageable. It's Green Bay. It may be the northernmost. It may be the northernmost Horizon League school, but it is still a Horizon League school, and so we should uh, we should uh, respond accordingly or act accordingly. But yeah, I think. But however, I do think there's going to be 
again, the other thing is while he does, while Jermaine Kimbrough has the, you know, has the recruiting ties and know he does. Um, I think a, at the end of the day, I think Green Bay is going to go probably more in a direction, probably going to a direction of somebody with some previous, somebody who is either a current head coach or previously has had coaching, head coaching experience. So I think if that is the case, I think Gresh is, in the, Gresh is on the short list. Saul Phillips is on the short list. Maybe Soderbergh too. I don't know. <laughs> No, in all honesty, I, I think that's that would be a bad move. Um, I, I could see Matt Lewis at Oshkosh, though. With him, uh, you're—I mean, he—he's fit for the Horizon League. He has experience as an interim head coach, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and he—he's been at Oshkosh for two years, though. Is the concern his first yeah. year? They won a national title. So, obviously, that's fantastic. He was technically still an interim coach then. Sure. Uh, but he hasn't built a D3 program that has shown it can, you know, he hasn't been there a full recruiting cycle. So yeah. I, And I think a lot of the names that are getting mentioned, guys like Pat Miller and um, Luke Regal and – Dan Weiss are very good coaches with, you know, long time uh-huh. who've shown that they can do it, but none of them had a winning record this year. And I don't think you fire a division one coach with a winning record and replace no. it with a division two or division three coach who had a losing record, you know? No, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't think you do either. I think, you get, I, I think if you have, I think if they have a plan to, if you have a plan there, if you believe, if you, if you 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 believe that the chancellor, if you believe that Alexander and Guthrie have a plan here, the plan is to find somebody. You're, you're not gonna. This is not a learning experience for somebody. You're gonna. Have, you need to get somebody quickly. You need to get somebody who's going to, at, at least have a fighting chance to keep your roster because you're gonna have to worry about that too. You know, COVID or no COVID, kids are kids are on the move. <laughs> you're yeah. you're you know, that that's not changing. So don't shoot yourself in the foot by taking too long with this process. So I, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily think that somebody who has not been a head coach in this situation would be learning on you know th- this is not one of those situations where Dennis Gates was in where you know there the ex- there was no expectations. There are definitely major expectations for this job. First of all. Again, you're looking at it from a standpoint of this is a team that finished in third place in the Horizon League last season. Third place, right? Yes, third place. So there, and so you also have a situation where you have the freshman of the year in Amari Davis. You have, you know, their their senior, you know, their senior leader Tank Tank Hamfell coming back from injury. You, you have all of these parts coming in. You have DeMonte Taylor coming in, who is sought after by teams in the Horizon League. Other teams in the Horizon League wanted this guy, and he chose Green Bay. So you got to have a you got to consider that too, and you got to be concerned about the possibility of him saying, going coming up and saying, "Hey, you changed your coaches. What the heck? I'm gonna go. You know, I'd like to be released from my you know release released from my commitment." 
and go go seek life elsewhere. Yeah, and that's so. So, you, so of times really of the essence, essentially. That's one of the really tough spots because a you know a more proven coach, as we've said before, kind of makes more sense. Yeah. If you're trying to continue things, if you hire that guy and then everything blows up, I guess there is also the other end of it where you know someone who's already been through building a program could be a great hire in that situation, but you kind of fall into a spot where expectations are now low. Maybe the guy who needs to learn on the job would have been a fine hire too. So it's an interesting spot they're stuck in. And then I would also throw in that they have one of the lower before having to pay the buyout, which they haven't had to do at that level, you know, at their basketball program in quite a while. Uh, They, were what third from the bottom in the horizon league for coaching salaries. And that's counting Byron Graham, who was an interim. Um, yeah. His base salary. Yeah. Darner's base salary was real. was comparatively low. I think it was two thirty, two thirty eight, two thirty K a year. Yeah. So that, that's, that's, that's considering, considering where the upper end is at for yeah, the horizon league. Like that's what some guys recently have gotten. Yep, exactly. Um, I don't know what kind of, you know, I don't know how easily you're going to be able to replicate like a Dennis Gates when he's making what, 280,000. So you can't offer that presumably if you're also having to pay a buyout, I wouldn't expect the, you know, maybe it'll be a surprise. Maybe it'll be like UIC where they just go, Hey, we're going to throw half a million out here. But I, I would expect the same to lower salary for the next coach, which takes out a lot of, you know, oh, yeah. the first guy on the bench at a Big Ten school. Uh huh. So yeah, you're right. You're looking more at like a Jason Gardner, second or third coach at Memphis type of situation. Mm-hmm. Less. And that's kind of, I think, how Joe Kravenhoff has been mentioned. Mm-hmm. And personally, I think that would be a disaster for kind of a lot of reasons. I think. I'm sure you'll mention it. Uh, yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So they gotta. So so the bit. Yeah. They with again. It is going to be a big. I mean, you are talking about a situation, and again, I we we keep belaboring the Demonte Taylor thing. Also, and this is important. You have. Oh man. Um. They got. He's got two JUCO. He's got three JUCO guys who's. You know, signed Blayton Williams, Leon Ayers, Paris Taylor, all them signed. You have a Ter- you have Terrence Thompson. You have to worry about too. I mean, yeah, it, he can just come a little bit south. He's fine. Yeah, that is that. That's and also oh and yeah and uh, let's not forget Josh Jefferson too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is this is not a good situation. You know, this is. He, Wow, this is gonna be an this is gonna be a problem. I mean, this is definitely going to be a problem for Link uh, for well, well not Link Donner anymore. <laughs> but yeah, this is gonna so 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 time is of the essence for them. So somebody better hot to it over there. And by the way, when you get you know, by the way, I should I guess I should shamelessly I guess should shamelessly say whoever gets obviously whoever gets offered the job, we'd be more than happy to have you on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, because you know that's that's apparently what we're doing. This is this is what we're doing this off season. We're just you know basically talking to all the coaches this year. 
So that's going to be, you know, you know, well, hey, we, we're, we're, we've got two down. We've got, we got Yaklich, we got uh, Jared Calhoun, and we're talking to Dennis Gates this week. So, you know, as yet unnamed Green Bay head coach, the floor is yours. <laughs> we'll talk soon. <laughs> To uh, to shame uh, to you know with anyway, but that's basically all I had, obviously. Um, so John, again, thank you for for joining us at the joining me at the last minute. Absolutely, thanks for having me, John. Of course, um, the the much ballyhooed list I'm sure will be of potentials for the Green Bay job, John. I know you're working on it right now. For HorizonRoundtable.com, um, we'll let you know when it's done. <laughs> all right. We we don't want you. We don't want to get you all stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough you were doing the power rankings. Damn it. Oh my god. <laughs> You're still having nightmares for that. And that was last one you did was what three months ago. Oh. Not a long enough break. <laughs> no. No. So everyone's third. Everyone is just tied for third place. I don't care. <laughs> Everybody's tied for third. There you go. So, all right. So, yeah, John, uh, John's uh, John's um, list of potentials is going to be up on uh, – is forthcoming on HorizonRoundTable.com. He also did write this story, initial story, about um, Darner leaving as well. That's up as well. And, again, all episodes are all episodes of, our, of the Horizon Roundtable are there as well. And, of course, subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Um We'll get back to normal here eventually, and it's a weird, you know, normal such a not, you know, who's normal anyway? <laughs> What's normal anymore? <laughs> normal enough. Normal enough. We got a next episode. We got Dennis Skates. Thank you for listening, and definitely stay tuned because we're gonna. I'm I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs>